Are you already recording us, Justin? Yes. He turns it on when we sit down and then he edits I the I mean, how else are you going to get us just being real dumb? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry you didn't get to get me falling down the stairs. I feel like that would have been a very nice dramatic <laughs> lead in for you. Welcome. This is Headful of Hannibal, your Baltimore-based Fanable podcast. The, today we are, I guess, by city because we have a guest with us. Hello. Hi. This is, you said you could use either name. Yes. You may know her as Slippy Tweets or what is your... Oh, damn, damn Slippy Planet damn is Slippy how you Planet. may know me, but that is long. So Slippy is fine. Stacy is also fine. Okay. But it's oh. such a good reference. I was reading the book, so it's like, oh, now I know who that is and why. <laughs> yes, it's reference plus uh, Pittsburgh language tweak because someone already had slippery planet uh, and slippy is a pittsburgh thing so oh well well there was when um you first contacted us and said you were coming to town for the holidays i was like wait 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 i think i know her actual name but i can't remember <laughs> i'm gonna have to ask again it's not a carefully kept secret it's fine it's um yeah like we were saying before we recorded it's like if anybody wants to find us they'll do it yeah hi i'm stacy tweet me it's I fine think, i think there's pictures of my house on the internet who knows <laughs> we were just gonna show up and record um but yeah so stacy was in town for the holidays and it worked out that we could all get together today and we are here to talk about mizumuno oh my god because why else would you come into town <laughs> except to talk about the most painful thing possible your family <laughs> No, we are here to talk about sadness. Fantastic. Sadness and pain at the holidays. Yes. Perfect. Cheers. What could be better? <laughs> um, and we were talking about, so we've mentioned before that we are interested. We have friends who have been working through the series and had kind of stalled, and we wanted to do a live watch with them and then record with them afterwards to really well, lock in everything. They're waiting for us to watch Mizumoto. Yeah, but they have kids. What takes a while? I wouldn't be able to do that. La, Josh. We love you. <laughs> so I floated the idea to Jen of maybe we'll just have multiple Mizumuno watching just episodes. Just roll around in the pain for a while <laughs> yes. and really let it soak yeah. into your pores. It's yes. fine. Because, you know, anybody, if anybody watches it and is like, I need to d- discuss this, we're like, okay, we're going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so we're probably going to have more than one episode on this, but Great. I don't know if they'll happen one right after the other. Maybe in the new year, like everybody's schedules will open up. Could have. You have kids, and it just gets weird. Yeah, it gets tough. So I hear. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> I have cats. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like, cheers, cheers to having cats. <laughs> mm. And today, speaking of Jen, what did you make us? Oh my god, I forgot the name of it. This is what happens when I make the drink. Well, you look it up. Um, we've already had some of this drink, so this yes. may be part of the problem. <laughs> yes. So. Wait a minute. We were eating just snacky things that I put together. We had olives and cheese and um, Smitten Kitchen's bacon-wrapped dates where you glaze them in apple cider vinegar and um, maple syrup. Yes. I don't know how to say this word. It's the Boulevardier? Boulevardier? It's probably Boulevardier. Boulevardier. Thank you. Oh, my God. Where have you been? (laughs) It is I, your resident somewhat crappy French speaker with a decent accent. Oh, yes. That's what it's called. And um, it's uh, basically a, a Negroni, but you replace the gin with good bourbon. Um, and so it's a bittersweet aperitif, but then you put whiskey in it and it makes it darker. So I thought it would be the perfect thing for, you know. <laughs> good call. For Mizzy Bono. 
I was having a big old blank when we were looking. And I've used the Eat Biscuit Drink Flip blog a lot, and they have great recipes, but everything was a little more involved than I wanted. And I was like, mm-hmm. nothing's really working. I was like, Jen, take yeah. it. You yeah. did good. And as I said, one of the snacks I had was a, one of the Chehal nut mixes with like a pomegranate flavor because it is Will's descent. Absolutely. I mean, some of it is almost literal in a way, like all the stuff in um, season three in basements and crypts and. Yeah, he's and definitely like he's gone to the underworld, mm-hmm. right? Like he, he drowns in blood and it's it's like an initiation mm-hmm. and he's in the underworld. And yeah, the, and the whole thing with that first episode of season three or maybe it's the second episode, right? Because the first episode is all about Hannibal. The second episode where it's just all about them preparing abigail and will oh, yes. and you don't know who's dead and who's alive and you know they're sewing up eyelids and stuff and yeah it's totally the underworld we're on top of it <laughs> <laughs> we're doing great that was all planned <laughs> totally planned we planned everything we did i mean these are really extensive notes this time it's because i had a lot of fix stuff because i was reading holiday fix or rereading them uh, but first do we want to talk about American Gods at all? Anybody have any feels they need to get out about American Gods? <laughs> the train wreck. Yeah. The train wreck. It's dead to me. Huh? It's dead to you? Yeah. yeah. Honestly. I think my thought about American Gods is that if you have an Orlando Jones on your hands and you don't know what to do with him, mm. you are making bad choices mm. and should look at your life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I agree. You shouldn't yeah. have Orlando Jones if you don't know what to do with Orlando yes. Jones. Yes. I mean, apart, both as an excellent actor and also as a gift to fandom engagement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have someone like that who is willing to be on Twitter, which I love, which is also mm-hmm. Twitter, yeah. talking with your people all the time, yeah. you find a way to make that guy stay, yeah. even if he wasn't quite in your master plan, because your master plan is probably wrong. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. my thought. Mm-hmm. I've been glad to see, like, him calling out brian and michael green as having done good because we don't really know what happened when they left the show and you're like maybe there's some bad blood maybe something went on and the fact that he's been like they're amazing they were amazing yeah Yeah. well the podcast he did because he did like one podcast after that um as an interview to be like here's what went down basically it seems like like Michael Green and Brian Fuller set up this amazing cast and this amazing storyline and were like ready to go. And then they got fired after the first season, I guess for going over budget or God knows what actually happened. Too many penises. That's my thing. Too much penis. (laughs) Too much penis. (laughs) You can't have penis on TV. Touching each other. Stars. But didn't you know that was again, when you hire Brian Fuller, I feel like you should know the good and the bad of what you're getting. And if what you're getting turns out to be kind of an expensive blood opera with a lot of penises that shouldn't like at the Stop end of the season be the thing that makes you go wait what have i done you did exactly what was supposed to happen <laughs> yeah so and i guess they were just trying to keep it keep it pushing forward and uh yeah i mean it just you know went all to hell because nobody knew what to do with the the thing that they had set up yeah. because nobody can do that. Yeah. So I was want to say it's the blurredgirl.com yeah. podcast mm-hmm. and I will put a link to the interview where she pretty much like 
gets Orlando. I mean, it was she said it was just later that day from when he posted all mm-hmm. of this on Twitter, and she basically hits record, and he just goes, yeah, and talks, yeah. and it's really good. And um, he was saying that he wrote a lot of stuff because he said they didn't know how to write for the black characters and the characters of color. They were like, we have no idea what material to do. Can well, you help us out? Was the writer's room. Mm. Yeah. And bad direct. I mean, it sounds like the showrunner wasn't doing much. And it just sounds like a train wreck. And yeah, yeah like they've, since they lost uh, both the actors of Salima and the Jin, I think. As uh, well, oh, now, right. Uh-huh. Well, they fired. Yeah, I think they fired both of them. Oh, I didn't know if they fired. I, um, I cannot remember. Uh, I just had a namespace out on both of them. This is terrible. I know the actor who played the Jin got fired. Yeah. I don't know about Salim. I know he's gone. I wouldn't oh, swear he's, gone. he's fired. He may have just said screw yeah. this. As yeah. I would have he's done doing. I don't know how big his part is, but he's in Mandalorian right now. And then in the part? in the second season, they didn't bring back the I don't I forget his name, but the guy who played Anubis mm. and replaced him with a dog in the one scene where they had to show that like Anubis was there in town. Was that Demore? No, no. He's Mr. Ibis. Oh. Not Demore, who is lovely, but whose name I also don't remember. Demore Barnes was Mr. Ibis. Yeah. No. Anubis, um, who in the first season had that amazing scene where he took um, the the woman with the, yeah, the Egyptian woman to the underworld and like had her choose which door to go through Uh and like had me crying because it's like this beautiful depiction of non-christian non-monotheistic chris obi yes thank you amazing and just like yeah didn't come back and they're like well she's a dog in this scene (laughs) Mm. yeah i still haven't finished season two i haven't started season two i still thought i was planning to maybe do that at some point but i gotta say my motivation is like yeah yeah well as i said we we watched the first episode of House on the Rock, and which is Neil <laughs> Gaiman says he didn't write it as it is because nobody would believe him, and it's true. And I'm like, well, at least they're going to film it, and then they still didn't make it anything like it actually is. Like it's it's it they filmed there, but it's not at all. Like I would have loved to seen Brian Fuller's version of that. Yes, please. Of going to House on the Rock. Because I bet that would have been. I feel like if we just kind of kickstart that, closer. Brian Fuller yeah. would do it just for us. <laughs> yeah. So let's think about that. Please, because we do All this right, part. we're going to go Kickstarter. We're going to. That's the final episode of Headful of Hannibal, the podcast. We're going to House <laughs> on the, the Rock, Rock with Brian Fuller. That would be great. All right. <gasps> let's I'm do super it. Into that. It. Hashtag goals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag 2020 goals. Um, maybe somebody will pay us for that. I have some vacation time saved up. There you go. Um, so yeah, right American Gods. I'm not going to pay attention yeah, to it done. anymore. I was really only watching it because I'm like, I want to support a show that has so many non-white characters. Mm-hmm. Such a good opportunities for actors. And now I'm like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's so disappointing. Anyway, so moving on. So let's talk about murder. <laughs> yes, let's talk about murder. Um, I read. Uh, an essay article from the New Republic, the My Favorite Murder Problem. Uh, the stories we tell about crime too often prop up fantasies about law enforcement and justice. Mm. Now, I'm going to start with I have not listened to the My Favorite Murder podcast because I kind of object to the idea of it. Right. The And reading the article made me not really want to. Mm-hmm. And how it... I don't want to say it seems like they make light of these things, but... I don't know. I guess I just feel like if you're going to 
talk about this sort of stuff mm-hmm. outside of a like narrative. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about a TV show, which is still embedded in something very serious. Um, like this is about real people and real things that happen to people. So making like light of it just didn't really mm. sit with me. Um, but the part that stood out, I had a quote. In fact, the show partakes in a long-standing relationship between the crime story genre and modern law enforcement, in which the stories we tell about crime and how to stop it prop up a system that is often as much about maintaining fantasies of social order as it is about implementing real justice. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I don't think I want to <laughs> go there with that. But I fit, I put it in here because I think there might be, there's probably some crossover people are probably into it who... Yeah, I think it's probably worth... People might want to take a look at it. Yeah. And I, uh, and it's the, I think it was last episode where I talked about the convention that was for people who are into true crime and they talk about like how much is it this thing for people like outsiders to consume versus the perspective of the people who are victims or whose right. family members were victims well, or things like that. I, I dabble in the true crime stuff. I mean, I've definitely read my share, fair share of, like helter skelter Mm. and all that kind of stuff and i find it really fascinating um but yeah it's definitely something to consider when you're like so so at the same time i think outside of the fanable fandom a lot of people look at our fandom and they're probably thinking the same thing (laughs) what is wrong with these people you know and then and i want to say like boo but you don't understand it's Really, we're very friendly. We're very friendly and loving. We just <laughs> I know, I feel like that's so, one thing is people are always like, Oh, I totally understand what this is about uh-huh. and this is what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. But it's I'm not glorifying. Right. Because I, in the article they did talk about how the podcast talks about how it helps with anxiety mm. to kind of read these stories about like what's the worst fucking thing that could ever mm. happen and it like helps them deal with their anxiety. Um, and I get that. I don't. I, I kind of. And get I, that. See, I think I'm also like read it through the eye of seeing like so much talk about what's happening being in Baltimore mm-hmm. and our crime rate and our murder rate and being like it's there to. It, they said it helps people's anxiety, but in a way, it's also like that's those are exceptional instances. Mm-hmm. Not that they're not terrible mm-hmm. and horrific, but people are dealing with terrible horrific things in a in a completely different way right like the actual like the everyday crime and the everyday like who is being killed in places right. and who is being victimized and all that like right is very different yeah than a lot of what you're seeing through these things so so true but i should, I should listen to an episode just so i could like f- <laughs> you can have an informed opinion yes i should have a better informed opinion also yeah. produced by our podcast enemy Stephen Ray Morris. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. Podcast. I yeah. Know. Of the, the, um, the, the fake podcast. Fake podcast. <laughs> if you want that whole story, <laughs> I'm <laughs> too. Yes. Remind me. It's causing me anger years later. Oh. Um, I, I was just going to say before we dip yeah. off that I don't know if you guys listen to Serial and it hadn't occurred to me to mention it, but just because you just reminded me that you're Baltimore people, mm-hmm. if you haven't. My partner was really into that specifically because it's so much about Baltimore mm-hmm. and kind of the local environs and local mm-hmm. history and He's a, he's a Baltimore boy. So did it you was listen very interesting to it? from that? Yeah, I did not listen to it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it was a whole cultural phenomenon, right? For that a people while. listened to that, so it yeah. was definitely like an interesting way of 
unfolding the story that never really actually had kind of a real ending to it and they never quite figured it out um but yeah i mean i think if you have any sort of bent towards the psychological or anything like that 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 kind of stuff interests you i mean yeah like helter skelter and and charles manson like what the fuck Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like what the fuck happened (laughs) to me a lot of that is the what the fuck is not the actually like killing people it's the everything that led the people like as you're just watching crap fall apart well yeah like how can how do we get to this point and don't get me started on cults because i'll just like talk about all day long right but that kind of stuff there is like this fascination for me at least in it that um i don't think is harmful to other people it's just like what how do people get to this point? Mm-hmm. Like Ted Bundy. Like what? And the thing with Ted Bundy is mostly because we have a very horrible uh racist uh you know, police departments mm. everywhere that thought he was like this genius and didn't think and you know he, he was a good looking white guy. He's a he good looking white guy. And even guy. after they caught him, that you know, people were like, You're such a nice guy, mm. you know? So (laughs) I think I I think it's still very fascinating, but maybe we need to start switching our lens of how we look at it Mm. and like talk about the real stuff underneath it. You mentioned that when you watched the Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah. Yeah. The judge in his case was like, you would have made a really good lawyer. (laughs) Quit fucking feeding his ego. Yeah. (laughs) Which you know you don't have to say everything you think. Yeah. <laughs> Which this is very much like on target for Hannibal because oh, it is yeah. the thing you just slid right by yeah. everybody. And also the descent into madness. Like at the end of this, you're like finishing up this episode. I was like, how did we get here? Like I watched this entire scene. I've seen it multiple times. How yeah. did we yeah. get to this point? They were off ramps, and no one, <laughs> no. no one even looked no. at them. I could just maybe veer <laughs> off into something slightly more normal. No, 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 no. No, I've committed to this Going road trip. For it. Let's go. Um, the next thing I, the link I had was a, I found this through a Twitter discussion and it linked back to the Tumblr post user three rings and it's three, the word dash rings. And they in the post put, There's always a lingering question that I ask myself, which is why do I, a cis bisexual woman, enjoy romance between two men so much? (laughs) And I saw this Twitter post and I was like, what is the, like, what is going on? And in the Tumblr post, um, she said it was pointed out to her, a lot of women enjoy male-male romance and gay porn because of the lack of women. It removes a source of pressure and sexism. Without any women present, you don't have to constantly evaluate the sexism of their portrayal or be reminded of negative experiences in your own life. It allows women to experience romance and especially sexuality without all the baggage that comes with it in our patriarchal society. Jenna's going to have a point. Do you want to make it right now or do you want to make it when I finish? Okay. Um Nope, that was oh, Stacy has something to say too. Uh, I'm also I'm gonna link to that. I'm gonna link to the Twitter thread because it has um, good responses and also links to papers about I don't know how to pronounce that Yowie. Yow? I think it's Yowie, but I wouldn't yowie. like swear to it. Um, manga and anime, and there was another comment from Stacy. Those are not mine. I'm, I haven't looked. I I made me. a huge outline and then gave it to everybody to add to. So, what are your all's thoughts? Your opinion's in a capital letter, so if you want to go first, please do. Uh, You know, when I read this, I had a lot of thoughts, but I kind of whittled it down to um, my favorite Lon Milo Duquette quote, 
pages. It's all in your head. It's just that your head is bigger than you think. <laughs> um, which means to me that, yeah, you can say, I'm a bisexual, cis, white woman. Why do I want to read this story that seemingly has nothing to do with me? But are you, like, is that all to you and your sexual life and your mm. life in your head? Like, why do I read, like, Lord of the Rings? Like, why do I read, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can read about two men having sex and still be involved in it without thinking about how you would relate to it as a woman. Mm -hmm. You can just relate to it as a gay man mm -hmm. in a way in your head where you don't need to make that other jump. Does that make sense? I think I understand. Yeah. You're just saying that like people to go back to the Lord of Rings. I'm like, <laughs> you don't have to be reading Lord of the Rings as like a 20th century modern person living in an urban environment. Right. You can be reading it like almost as if you're in that world right. and everything because like there's a part of me in my head. That's a gay man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deny it. We love and support you. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, like, so do we contain multitudes is what you're saying? Yes, we, we do contain multitudes. We absolutely contain multitudes. And that's um, not to say that um, I somehow know the real world experience of what it is to be a gay man. I don't. Mm -hmm. But when you're reading fictional stuff, like to insert yourself into some place, you don't need to like be that person to mm -hmm. insert yourself. Well, I mean, it's like it's empathy. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think it probably works different for everybody. And there was like some of the Twitter responses, people were like, yeah, like, things I've been through in my life make, you know, like I can read, or maybe it's in the Tumblr post, um, they were saying it was, if I read like a an office romance, and it's between a woman and a man, well, suddenly I'm worried about the power dynamics and the office and the work. And even though I know power dynamics are still there, if you have two male characters, particularly a subordinate and like a boss, there's like an extra layer that's not there that I'm not worried about, because I've lived through mm. shitty experiences mm -hmm. where that's happened. So for some people, I think it's like kind of, I mean, I think it's in the same way that people are like, I like to read... I don't know, cozy mysteries, because there's like, <laughs> I could just turn my brain off, or I like to read fantasy, because I'm not right. there. It's yes. not going to do it. You're anything. not going to have to solve the problems of dragons and the economy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's all, but then, you know, I mean, I also like to read fantasies that like have a lot to do with what is going on today, and mm -hmm. they're just like allegories for yeah. whatever. So yeah. it all depends yeah. on whatever. But I think to like reduce it to, I am this person in the real world. So why do I read this thing that has mm -hmm. nothing to do with me is kind of like, very not giving credit to the way yeah. people can yeah be the variety of human experience yes that seems fair that's it i'm done okay. you <laughs> that was good i would have said that was great <laughs> good rant a plus <laughs> yeah i'm i'm a fairly omnivorous reader and always have been i will uh -huh. read a lot of stuff very wildly very wildly yeah. and i don't have to see myself <laughs> reflected in it all the time the only other thing i think i was thinking about that i wanted to mention was just that a little piece of this honestly is just what is there to look at? Like, mm. do I want there to be 20 more Killing Eves out there full of really fascinating, nuanced, twisted stories about bisexual women? Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell me where they are and I will go out and get them tomorrow. Yeah. Right now, there are a lot of pretty good stories about queer men that I really enjoy. And sometimes I just want to pick one of those up and read something and pass a few hours and not have to go digging for the one really great story about queer women that I'm going to mm -hmm. find. 
at the bottom of the pile if I look really hard. (laughs) Change the market and we will have more options. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I totally believe it. Yeah. Um, This is, I was trying to read your, um, I was looking at your comment that you had written in here and that there was, you had said that sometimes you... Oh, sometimes it's about yeah, trust. Like, sometimes it's about trust in the storyteller. Like, yeah, depending on how much I trust the storyteller, I may or be more or less willing to go down a path of, are you going to do some weird twisted things to female characters that I may mm-hmm. over-identify with a little bit? And yeah, if it's a Brian Fuller, maybe I do. If it's mm-hmm. someone else, maybe I kind of just don't want to give them the chance to play with those tools unless I'm pretty sure they're going to do something responsible yeah. with them. I've been like noping out a lot of stuff recently, like sometimes like if I find somebody I'll like, I'll usually pretty much read their entire catalog. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot now where I read, you know, I'm checking tags more than I mm. used to and be like, that's not that's no, I'm just not even gonna go there. Maybe the story's really good. But I have a feeling like it's not or if something's starts going away, I don't like I used to be a, com- a completionist. Yeah. And now I just back out. I'm like, no. Yeah. It's, and and it's because bad at that, but I think it's a good skill to learn. It's uh, <laughs> I, but, and, I mean, it, it's also the thing where I'm like, there's so much out there. Yeah. Like, I can move on to the next. I'm day. really bad at that. I mean, I read a friend, a mutual friend of ours just, what, what like last year sent me a gritty fanfic. <laughs> I did read that because it was just funny. I was like, I got to. I, I have to see what's behind the curtain. <laughs> Why did you not give her name? It was Brooke. <laughs> It was our friend Brooke. It was Brooke. She sent this erotic, gritty, gritty fanfic. Fic. Well, this was after she introduced us to Gritty while we were at uh, Fanable Fest, which was probably the funniest thing that happened that entire weekend was us in our hotel room and me, Brooke being like, so do you know about Gritty? I mean, Gritty is a lot. It's good that you had a guide for that experience. Yeah. So uh, that was, yeah, it was like an entire afternoon. Uh, Justin, may I um, ask a favor of you? Could you tilt the... Yeah. Thanks. Because it started on me, but it's going to hit somebody else next. We've got sunshine. It is a beautiful day in Baltimore. It is. Thank you. Um, we're happy in the dark. Yes. Yay. <laughs> It'll start coming in that direction later. Uh, so speaking of fix, I was reading uh, a bunch of um, holiday fix and some other ones. Jen, ju- or Jen just edited something. No, I didn't. I was just oh. trying to scroll. Oh, it was Sorry. you scrolling. Uh, we're all on our various devices with our shared Google Drive thing. Um, first thing I'm going to link is Catch Claw does a Mizumuno fix it called Cuts Both Ways, which is one that ends slightly happier without mm. <laughs> people dying. Um, and so I recommend that one. And then under holiday faves, I said that are not a very Hannibal Black Christmas because that was still <laughs> the best, not just because we did a radio play to it. Uh, I just finished rereading uh, Ship Hits the Fans, 31 Short Chapters of Seasons Eatings. I think that came out in 2016. Um, chapter 19 is what introduced me to the Hogfather. Um, the quote, because you have to believe in the little eyes before you can believe the large ones. And I I put a bigger quote in here, but it's um, in that chapter, Hannibal plays Santa Claus for a church and has all the children sit on his lap and it says eventually they would get around to discussing the child's Christmas list and Hannibal would remind them to behave themselves quote according to your inner moral compass (laughs) if for some reason I ever have to play Santa Claus I think I'm going to steal that yes Uh, Emmengary's The Empty Table which is about uh, Will showing up at 
Hannibal's house on Christmas Eve, where he's preparing the Lithuanian kusios, I think it's pronounced, kusios meal, which is a, shoot, I can't remember if it's 12 or 13 course meal. Actually, I think it's dish meal. It's not even so much courses. Uh, Traditionally, if you go full traditional, I think it's no meat, milk, fish, or like any dairy. Mm -hmm. Some people play around with that. But I'm on a group called Our Mom's Lithuanian Recipes. And so like the last three weeks have been just people prepping for their (laughs) kusios. Wait a minute. Back it up. You're (laughs) on a group (laughs) called... You slid that in really nicely. (laughs) My mom's... Our mom's. Our mom's Lithuanian Recipes. Wow. I could give you the Facebook link if you want. <laughs> My mom is not Lithuanian. I don't know if I'm allowed. No, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, how'd you get in there? I don't even know. I just add. It's pretty open. Do they know you're in there because of Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> <laughs> how much of the group do we think is in there as Vic research? I've commented about because people were making Kropnikos. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned making Veritas. Uh-huh. And then it's. I also recently learned about a separate thing called Boilo, which is a f- uh, Pennsylvania, basically the same kind of thing. Hmm. Are you familiar with any of those? I don't think so. Kropnikos is a Lithuanian liquor that is like a honey and spiced mm. one that I've only ever seen the Brothers Veritas or whatever they were mm-hmm. um, company make. But I think there might be other versions. Veritas is a Baltimore thing that is pretty much like Krupnikos, where you take vodka or Everclear and add citrus and honey and spices. I'm not going to ask my parents about that. They will not know, but my <laughs> sister might know about Everclear-based yeah. drinks. So well, and if, question if her. I first had it, there's a bar in Federal Hill called Mums, okay. and they have a bottle labeled Evil. <laughs> and it's, somebody makes them Veritas. Okay. And you can get it by the shot. And so I found recipes online that people have done locally. And then I read about the Boilo somewhere. I think it came up in one of those, like, Mm. we're a drinky magazine, and we're going to talk about traditional things. And surprisingly, Lithuanian Hall has a good one, too. Oh, yeah, Lithuanian Hall. You can get shots of it there. We And I googled it. It's it's 12 courses, one for each apostle. There you go. Oh, Oh, and and then the tradition is when you have an empty... Um, an empty plate with a candle on it for people who've died. I read that. I was reading your links earlier this week, and I went in and read that one, and it's fabulous. It's really good. So good. Thanks, Emma Garrow. You always (laughs) work out for us. (laughs) Because I love Christmas ghost stories and Christmas stories about the dead. They're so perfect. I feel like I read an essay about that somewhere that about – how Christmas stories are always ghost stories. Mm. I would like to read that if you ever stumble I know, across it. I know, if I find it again. If you find it, put it in the notes. <laughs> we watched The Muppet Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve. I'd never seen it before. <laughs> that was, that was, it was real creepy at certain points. <laughs> um, I also put in Magical Destiny's Reindeer Games, which was the one we inspired with our discussions about how nobody in Baltimore can drive in the snow. And that's the one where Will gets trapped at Hannibal's office, which was great. Um, and most recently, Clock-Hearted Crocodiles Hang a Shining Star, which was in the Ravage Anthology, which is a reimagined, it's reimagined Florence scenes set around Christmas with Thirsty Scarf Dad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and just like, it just kind of uh, builds on mm. what it could have, what that whole exchange between Hannibal and him could have been like. Did we, so when we went to Red Dragon Con... That actor was one of the guests. 
kid, he seemed completely confused. I was by going to say, did he like survive the experience? He seemed to be really enjoying it by the end in a real Good. low key way. Like Good. he is at the beginning, he was like totally freaked out, and by the end of the weekend, he was wearing a scarf, like possibly multiple Bless. scarves, multiple scarves. Like, hey, I love you guys. Yes. But he was still very much like, what is happening to yeah. me? I think they got him after somebody else had to cancel. Well, yeah, and I had him sign because I have the Hannibal Tarot, and I had him sign the um, Three of Swords, which is three swords into a heart. Thinking, ah, you're gonna sign your card, and he totally didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I showed up, I did my bits, and then I have never interacted with this ever again. That's how you. That sounds like he's living his best life. (laughs) I I mean, people were like. I'm sure he got asked a lot of weird questions. Uh, yeah, probably so. Um, and then I think you all added yes. the other ones. I gave you these last two. Cool. I'm not sure who brought the love tincture. Oh, wait, that was my name is that. Um, I mean, love I tincture. love her dearly, but I didn't happen to recommend this one. Um, yeah, If Your Heart is a Dogfight, which was an Advent 2019 series. When I did find, uh, and I actually did finish them by the time, by today. And some of them are specifically Christmas oriented and some are not, but... Love Tincture is also one of the co-joined podcast hosts. Yes. And we talk on Twitter sometimes and she's delightful. Yes. But I've been saving that to read when it was all done because, again, completionist. Oh, so. good. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I found in my winter Christmas linked ones, one that never got finished. And I was like, Ugh. it was just two chapters. And when the person oh. finished the first chapter, they're like, oh, I have the other one almost done. It should be up soon. That was like three years ago. <laughs> I have never talked about that, so I'm just going to move along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it happens. To the best Maybe of us. I'll finish something someday. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I have not been super up on current fix, so I brought you a couple of old Christmas uh-huh. favorites from years gone by. Um, first, I brought you uh, Colored Inks, One Warm Line, which is a lovely little short piece involving the Canadian shack, as we were just talking no. about. So if you ever do a Canadian shack <gasps> yes. piece, you might want to pull this one back up again. <laughs> yes. And they're also sled dogs, and I'm a little obsessed with sled dogs right now, so I think it's lovely. Oh, my God. And then I just thought I would really class up your list by bringing <laughs> you a final offering, which is uh, by We Conquer at Dawn, and my iPad is trying to dim out now, so give me one second to bring it back. Uh, and it's called Gifts. It's part of a series, but only this third chunk is Christmas-themed, and you can read the rest or not as you like. But it's basically extremely unsafe for work. I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast at work. But if you are, don't (laughs) click on the link until later. There's art. So know what you're doing before you click. The premise is more or less, what if seasonal Christmas depression could be cured by extreme applications of kink? So read that or not, as you like. (laughs) You're all adults here, I assume. And if you're not, don't tell anyone. And I think... Some people will like that, and that is my classy <laughs> contribution like, to your be, list. I'd be Thank you. Later. <laughs> we love to class up this place. It's what I'm here for. It's great. Um, did you have anything else, Jen, before we get into No, I was actually just busy reading through this list and didn't come with a, anything That's else. That's okay. <laughs> no, I'm glad you read it. I was so proud of myself for doing this last week. Yeah. Usually I do it two hours before we record. <laughs> like, Jen, I hope you're prepared. We're going to talk about Mizumuno, which, as part of the Kaiseki meal, is a seasonal dessert, maybe fruit, confection, ice cream, or cake, which really has nothing to do with this episode. No. no it's just the conclusion. <laughs> like, we're done. <laughs> this is dessert. Mm-hmm. Hope you like blood. <laughs> more and more blood. Uh, oh, I did want to, and this kind of ties into the beginning of this episode. When um, So I was listening to the Kojoin podcast, uh, the first couple episodes mm-hmm. are all I got to. But they make a point that I thought was really good is that 
Will, through the entire series, never gets over killing Garrett Jacob Hobbs. No. All the other stuff that goes on, but he ne- that is always crucial. Mm-hmm. Even though he kills Randall Tear, like, both in self-defense and just to kind of be an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact, the person that he killed, in a sense, like, as part of his job, like, the, I wouldn't say it's like, uh, killing anybody's a good thing, but like the no, one that's the yeah, most understandable, was, yeah, is yeah. the one that he never gets over. That is interesting. Why? Why? Because he doesn't person. have that with Randall Tier. He's just like, no, I just beat that guy to death. Yeah, shove some prehistoric teeth in his yeah. mouth. <laughs> the great, really normal stuff. That was fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I really can't get to sleep at night is Jared Jacob. That dude was trying to kill people. Because he's haunted. Feel bad and, about that. And maybe because it is the thing that sort of sets off the entire. Yeah, it's just tied in with so much else. Yeah, I wonder mm-hmm. if it's it has something to do with Abigail, mm-hmm. and that he's he's constantly like connecting to Abigail more and more and more as the story goes, and so mm-hmm. he's always thinking about. And also, I did this to her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, could be. Uh-huh. And it can be, I mean, it's like those things that happen in your life that shift your perspective of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, because they talk about how he hadn't been a good cop because he had he couldn't do that when he had to. Mm. And this is the first time that he's killed someone. So that is like that. You step over that edge of something finally and it right. shifts your whole idea you of yourself. While, yeah. um, I wanted to ask, you watched it in real time. Yes. Did you watch it in real time when it was on TV? I did. Yes. So I what was so what was that like? Because I rewatched it. I mean, I will tell you from the not watching it real time, and I've told Jen this, and I think may have mentioned it before. I was basically plastered against the back of the couch with a look of horror on my face the other time, like frozen, like what the fuck is happening right now? Um, so that was that was mine, but. <laughs> So I think that by the end of season two, I was firmly in my Hannibal is my appointment viewing and I need to get ice cream and have the ice cream and fancy cannibal hour. Mm. So I was just on the couch with my ice cream and my friends on Twitter just yelling a lot. Mm. (laughs) It was a good time. Yeah, there was a strong watch along Twitter component by the end of season two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was fully like engaged in that at that point. Yeah, I I. I would look at it afterwards because I couldn't, I couldn't like do two things at once. Yeah. Kind of person. So, but. Um, so I don't know if either you've ever spent any time in the site Metafilter, but we had a pretty strong kind of group oh, I've culture never read, there. I was reading it as it was getting closer and closer. And it was like, literally when I stopped reading the thread about it, it was like when it was like the day it was going to air. And I was like, I need to take a breather before I watch people's reactions roll in and never finished. Yes. I do sometimes find I like to go back and look at the real time reactions mm-hmm. to the Metafilter threads about Hannibal. They were a good time. The, the season three finale was really the, the prime one. Because reading it now, you're like, shit, you all do not know what's coming. <laughs> I know it's just oh precious babies yes <laughs> it was a lot I know I'm kind of envious of it but on the other hand like you said with the Twitter reactions like I'm glad I wasn't splitting my attention yeah mm-hmm. when I was watching it well and the commercials were incredibly jarring oh yeah I Always. mean to be like- in the middle of Mizimoto and all of a sudden it's like buy a car yeah buy- <laughs> this is on sale you need some bleach for your house I'm like I guess they do <laughs> 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 my brain <laughs> 
Yeah, I would love to know what the discussions were about, like, the advertising choices that were made. Like, couldn't they have, like, invested a little more money and gotten some appropriate ones, like, a lot of alcohol? Well, and NBC had those weird, um, those weird pop-ups at the time. Oh, yeah, with, like, like, people would dance Yeah, people would, like, dance across the bottom of the screen, like, for some sort of, I don't know, other It was the Dark Ages, basically. (laughs) We're glad we don't have to go there anymore. So. God's bless streaming. Thank you. Um... I also this was like I wrote this entire outline outline and then had some thoughts in the car which were why they're on this little blue sticky note. <laughs> um I I when I started watching it this time, I stopped and I was like, did we forget to do the last episode and went back? I was like, no, we watched. I think it was Tobey Wan. Uh-huh. It's such a tonal shift. Yeah. Because the whole Mason Verger and the face eating, and it has this weird, dark humor to it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you're here. Mizumino <laughs> is not fucking funny at all. No. <laughs> there is no humor. And then I started thinking about the whole arc of the season. And it was the how did we get here? Like, what I had to keep, I stopped it a lot while I watched it being like, this was the, you know, here's what the plan has been. This is what's happening stopping a lot more to like look at the layers of yeah what's being said because if you like in a way if i just watch it i'm totally on board with what's happening in the episode i'm like i'm buying in and then i'm like but wait this wasn't the plan was different like everything's changed over time what the fuck is going on so yeah i did not go back to watch more than just mizumoto and i I don't know exactly how jarring that would have been but i feel like it probably was quite a shift yeah because i think tomei wan ends with is it Jack going to visit mm-hmm. Mason, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Mason Verger just adds that weird, yeah. humorous strangeness Which to less, everything. But yeah. And this starts with um I think it's Hannibal. I actually can't remember if it starts with the No, I think it comes up next with Will going to his house. And it's the dream. Yeah. On it. But it starts with Hannibal and Will in his office and they're sort of taking stock of their relationship. Yeah. So it is suddenly like this Everyone strap in, we're doing this now. Yes. (laughs) Um, So Yeah, they seem like ultra cozy all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, what what happened off screen? What's going on? (laughs) I think they're sick. (laughs) Possibly. Oh, they're definitely <laughs> like burning everything and packing up their dogs and ready to go. Which that reminds me of. Uh, shit, I can't remember who it was. One of my favorite fics of all time. Uh, I don't know if Colored Ink maybe wrote it, but it's the three times Hannibal and Will get high, or the three times. <laughs> so one time it's Hannibal gives it to Will in a cake. Will cooks it into something for Hannibal, and then the next one is the scene between Hannibal picking up. Will at the side of the road in the finale and before and when they go to the house and before the dragon shows up and they like dig out some old weed and smoke it and (laughs) it actually has a really sort of melancholy feeling to the whole fic but that's my favorite like what happened in the time that we don't get to see (laughs) i've got really high (laughs) but it is like this very like like i said the whole thing's very melancholy like here we are Mm-hmm. What else we are you going to do for the next three hours? We know it's going to happen. <laughs> so. We could talk some bullshit about butterflies. <laughs> yes. Or we could just get real high. <laughs> yes. Um, and actually, before we go in, I mean, I went through, I took notes through the whole thing that I may or may not be able to read. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, was there, did anybody have any sort of overarching 
well, I mean, things you want to say or feelings. Or... We've, we've all seen it many, many times yes. now, right? So yes. what, what I was really struck by this time was how behind a wall Will is the entire episode. And I just, guess I've just never seen it before. Like, he's always kind of fucked up and behind a wall, but he's very much like behind a wall with like every interaction that he has this entire time until he gets stabbed. And I think it's just such a great way to play it. He was very much like, I am shut down. Like, even with Hannibal, you know, he was just playing part, playing part, playing the part. And then, like, it all just gushes out, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> in many yeah. different ways. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, the, those were my two things. This this takeaway was just like, goddamn, Hugh Dancy is just a fabulous fucking actor. And I... And I somehow always end up siding with Hannibal in the whole thing. When his heart starts to break, you know, and you see it, just like, yeah, <laughs> vengeance <laughs> will be mine. Yeah. So that's my own personal journey I have to take <laughs> with a therapist at some point. But <laughs> Well, I think it goes to the thing, like I said, I was watching it, like, how the hell do we get here? And I mm. imagine there's a certain will perspective of, like, what... Like, does he even know who he's doing things for and why? Right. Because he's been pulled in so many directions by so many people. Yeah. That it's, you know, Jack's expecting him to do it this way. And Hannibal's expecting him to do it this way. And Alana's asking him to be this kind of person. And then he finds out about Freddy. And it's like, what? Like, I think a person who doesn't empathize with people like he does or hasn't been in that situation would be like, I don't even, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Mm-hmm. Hi, mom cat. <laughs> Thank you. Um, did you have anything you wanted to? I mean, the last half of my develops more or less notes developed into screaming. So <laughs> yeah. there, there's that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, similarly, kind of in the, the first chunk of the episode, I was kind of spending a lot of attention to where Will isn't, isn't spending his eye contact. Like mm. even when he's talking to Hannibal at the beginning, there's not, He's not really making a lot of contact mm-hmm. until he gets along talking to Freddie later. And then suddenly, like, for these, for the purpose of talking about Abigail, oh, like, yeah. the, the, the one thing he's really being sincere about, mm-hmm. like, suddenly he busts out the hard eye contact. Yeah, right. It's just like, Hugh Dancy, why do you make these choices to yeah. hurt me personally? Yeah, he does. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, Hugh Dancy is just unfairly good at what he does. And I'm mad about it. And that's, I have just many notes <laughs> yeah. on that topic. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> Um, I that scene in Hamlin Will's office is when they do the merging. Yes, mm-hmm. part that was so, and I love that. I mean, I love it. The fact that it's a very literal way of showing it, but that he his two parts are coming together. Like he's he links up with himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he held that out as long as he could. Clearly, yes. like, he's not making any decisions here until absolutely forced to. Uh, and I. I was I watched the whole thing this time with the like when did Will like some people have said he's made up his mind whose side he's on when he calls and warns Hannibal and and I kept watching this time being like or was it here or was it here like at this point when he merged like does he know whose side he's on for this like is he on Hannibal's side and he's playing along with Jack or is he really on Jack's side and he's trying to string Hannibal along and right um yeah so I was trying to keep that yeah. in mind the whole time. I also was noticing people have talked about the clock ticking sound that's through the mm-hmm. whole thing. And mm-hmm. I was paying attention to it this time to see when it phased in mm-hmm. and out because so it goes from that. It goes into the Gary Jacobob's dream where the house is like literally a, a blind in mm-hmm. the hunting blind in the trees. And then I think 
Is that mom cat flinging herself? Uh, yeah, it's the, the dog. Yeah, yeah. We're doing some things under the table. That's oh, okay. fine. <laughs> Barking might be next. Dogs and cats. I still have beef jerky in my pocket. Oh. So. <laughs> I can pull it out if need New be. New favorite person. And if you do want to try petting him, he likes it on the side of his neck and his butt. So if he like cruises by you. Okay, this is good information to have. Yes. He's head shy. So if you go like to his head, he'll, he'll duck. Um, oh, the scene with Hannibal and Bella. I noticed that the clock ticking, it starts to slow down. Oh, wow. With it. You'll know at the first scene, it's like a tick, 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 tick. And then it starts to go tick, tick, tick. Mm. Like, as, and I, I was like, that. I, because I was paying attention. I was like, oh, yeah, because I mean, her time is almost up. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about this time and by saving her, part of it, I think, was Hannibal just being you know, a creature of whim. Yes, he's an agent of chaos. Yeah. It's just how he rolls. But also, like, in a way, like, I was wondering, like, does he, by doing that, did he make Jack stronger? Like, he gave Jack something to live for, in a way, mm. at the end, because mm-hmm. the whole call with Bella. Mm-hmm. But also, in a way, makes him vulnerable, because he's got somebody that he's protecting. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing. <sighs> she was so good. She was. And I did have to spend a little time just kind of looking at that scene and thinking, how did this happen? Did she involve fight Hannibal over for brunch? (laughs) Did he just show up like a smug jerk and be like, I'm here to hang out with you and make you feel better? Like, what? How did that happen? Well, and it's the thing, like, you can't imagine... I guess I could think maybe something where Hannibal, you know, he wants to go see the results of his handiwork sure. and makes a ju- suggestion it's not to fun Jack. If you can't see how the ad came out, right. yeah. and Jack doesn't want to refuse him because that looks suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I thought something happened, so he's like, "I guess you can come over." I mean, from Hannibal's perspective, I guess he's if he's tying up loose ends before he leaves, yeah. and he seemed to very much respect her, even though what he mm-hmm. did to her was awful. Then that would be one of the loose ends, like. To come pay his final respects mm-hmm. because he's there, he's not going to see her again. Yeah. Well, she asks him at the end if he will save Jack when she's gone. Uh huh. And I was, and maybe the like, what does Bella know? Like, what is she <laughs> seeing? Because sometimes, yeah. like, people do see clearer in situations like this mm. when people are, you know, you're not like playing along when mm-hmm. when, when life kind of gets down to the bare essentials. Yeah. Um. Then it goes on. This is, uh, I think, Will and Freddie together, and this is, I think, in this scene, the that the clock sound actually stops for that one. Um, which I was thinking of it in the way that, like, she is when, like, everything was kind of trucking along, and then when Hannibal smells her on Will, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's like a line has. Yeah. been crossed it's not, it has stopped like everything is now different um and i felt like her line where she asked her you don't know if you're gonna survive him i was like that to me feels like an oddly compassionate for freddie yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she's so concerned with herself mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah compassion and perceptive it's absolutely true yeah. he's not really looking for the way out of this mm-hmm. that ends with him alive because that probably doesn't really exist yeah that was a good thing about the light with Abigail, which it's interesting, like how much she reverberates through a season that she's not in. Yeah. Uh huh. Really? Yeah. yeah. At all. Ugh. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so good? Uh, then we're into the sea with, bur- with burning all the stuff in Hannibal's office. <laughs> just, just 
so much. It's so fucking romantic. And like, it's just very romantic. Way. I mean, the fire is crackling and he's talking about his my palace. And I don't know. Just all the pages drifting down. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to run away with somebody. <laughs> to Sorry, a Canadian shot. <laughs> well, even the casual way that Hannibal's like throwing, like tossing just stuff. Flinging things off the balcony. Like, when did he do that? Never, but he's like so very relaxed. Just yeah, like, no, my notes here do say Hannibal is just extremely casual and chipper right now as he bounces around dismantling his professional <laughs> yeah. life. It's just he's just very happy. And I was like, how? And I'm like, how much has he burnt? All of it, or just some of it? Just the increment? Just the ones where he's like trying to turn them into a murderer? Like <laughs> this is that's the eternal question of does Hannibal have normal patients? He's rounding yeah, out his yeah. day with probably. I think he does. Where's Franklin? Yeah, like some of them, there's just some dudes who, like, yeah. you know, they're having some trouble at work. <laughs> it has to be some of these that aren't incriminating. Um. Oh shit! It reminds me of I don't even know where I, something came up about her the other day. There's the the episode, the woman at the opera mm-hmm. who is like oh she's the one who's like oh you haven't had any dinner parties and people have been like was there something going on between the two of them and then there was the implied thing that she had an abusive husband that hannibal t- helped to take uh, care of and stuff like that and it makes me mm-hmm. also like maybe she was one of his like so somewhat normal patients <laughs> that's how we're defining normal on this game yeah okay <laughs> somewhat normal. sure fair i feel like anybody who went to hannibal would have to have a certain um capacity for the fair. unusual yeah because he's not his style, even when he's being mm-hmm. a, a regular person. He's still mm-hmm. super weird. Yes. <laughs> so I listened to another podcast where somebody had written and was talking about um, finding, possibly finding a new therapist because theirs had fallen asleep during <laughs> oh my their God. appointment. And another, and I think one of the podcast hosts, or maybe it was reverse, they realized that their therapist was playing solitaire. <laughs> Or Sudoku, like on the computer during their appointment. It's <gasps> terrible. It's like at least with Hannibal, you'd. F- I mean, he's listening. He's probably listening. Yes, unless you're Franklin, and then he's just really bored. <laughs> he's plotting your murder. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, Why have I let this get this far? <laughs> Who am I referring you to? Yeah. Um. Anyway, this just all hurt a lot. Is what I'm saying. Yes, this whole thing. Oh God, the look. Oh God, when he sniffs Will. And like, I know. Oh, it's terrible. It's heartbreaking. <sighs> it's really heartbreaking. How how dare Will? <laughs> how fucking dare he? How, the, how does Seth Nicholson <laughs> show so much with so little? The Could king of micro-expressions. Oh, it's just... It's terrible. Stunning. Jesus. Sorry. I'm being I'm overcome. <laughs> um, next up is Alana's crazy-ass dream. Oh, which is so beautiful. It is. It's really gorgeous. Did they actually like submerge her in something for that, or is that all digital? I never heard what they did. It's and um, it made me like at this point she seems to be clued into the fact that Hannibal is not good people. Yeah, like something here is not right. Not clued in as much as she should be by now. No, no. I mean when she gets to the house at the end and it's like, (gasps) dude, honey, what did you think you were walking in on? But, but is, yes, was this kind of like was the last time we saw her when Will gave her the gun? I think so. Yeah, that's the last scene I remember with mm-hmm. her. Um, 
so well, and I, then she was sitting on the couch with Hannibal and talking, and that's and as when we, like, he sniffed the gunpowder. Yeah, that's when he yeah. was like, "I'm gonna take your bullets." Yeah, yeah, because it just made me wonder. Like, you don't really see what the shift is for her. I mean, if it was enough that Will said, "Just take this to be safe," um, or like something in her own mind, you don't really get to see like Alana's internal, like her yeah. her switch in this because she does doubt. Like she has this dream, and then she talks to Jack about what's going on, and then she just decides to show up at Hannibal's. So she, like she's cluing it, and, and I wish yeah. I kind of what are you see doing in between the scenes? Yeah, because so much of this this season was about a lot like. Alana was kind of the bad guy in a way because I know she made me mad when I watched it because mm-hmm. I'm like, do you not like realize what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to see that happening. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like unanswered off off screen yeah. questions. <laughs> We're also gonna pause and drink now. Give us a minute. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, then we have the Last Supper, oh which does not God. look appetizing. At all? No. What were they eating? Yeah, it's like it's the lamb- big rib, oh, the right. lamb roast. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then for some reason, there's a lobster crawling out of a cantaloupe, like the birth <laughs> yeah. of Aphrodite in yeah. seafood. <laughs> it was just so much. Hannibal was having a lot of feelings in the yes. kitchen, and he was just like, "God damn it, I'm gonna yeah. make these things." Yes, <laughs> I meant to go look at Janice Boone's blog before I got here and see yeah. if she had anything to say about the giant rib cage, but I forgot to do that. But I'm sure it's fun, so people I'm should sure probably it was go lamb, do that because it's all the sacrifice. Yeah, he says, yeah. yeah, he serves lamb. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm sure there was a part of it's like this is gonna look fucking rad. <laughs> just in his Janice- kitchen, crying into the rib cage. Yes. Terrible. Janice seems to have also that sort of attitude. She's like, "This is going to look amazing. <laughs> like, this is going to be great." Um, I actually had a thought today while I was making something this morning. Um, I was thinking, but thinking about how there's sort of the part where like Hannibal's almost like a like a superhero. Like mm-hmm. he can do all these things amazingly. He's great mm-hmm. at it. But if you step back from that and think about like with his cooking, how good he is at so much stuff, I was like, that to me shows somebody who has been alone a lot mm-hmm. and yes. has all this time. Like, think of all the things he makes amazingly and how much time that takes by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. To make. And then it made me kind of sad. It's very, the whole thing, this whole scene with the dinner and the thing is like so fucking sad because. As I'm sure many people have said before, if they just fucking talk to each other, yes. using words, their fucking words, <laughs> this would have been it. Pack up the car, <laughs> go. But no. Because you know. Hannibal's basically like, I know what's happening, and I am willing to forgive you yeah. if you just talk to me about it. Yeah, like, it. that is as blatant as Hannibal ever gets. Yeah. That is not weird, flowery bullshit. No. That is literally just, what if we got in the car? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, get in the car! (laughs) Just get in the car, Will! Go murdering! But no. No. Um, And there is this whole feeling to the scene of being like, like, so many of the other ones, there's a lot, 
I mean, in a way, there's tension because mm-hmm. you know what's going on. But in a way, there's no tension in them because I, it, they're just they seem almost defeated at this point. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of sitting there. Usually, you see the uh, you see a lot of the um, food scenes where Hannibal's bringing in everything's getting set yeah, up. Yeah, there's a lot of flourishes, yeah. and here is this fancy bullshit I have made for you. <laughs> I'm bringing yeah. it in on a card. <laughs> I'm cracking this clay on your leg. I'm pouring a thing over another thing. Um, but this is like it's already been served. Yeah, they've already had something to eat. Yeah. And it's like, they're sort of assessing the situation and it feels very like, well, what the fuck do we do now? And again, there's, this is an off-ramp moment. There were other choices yes. that could have been made. There was many off. This was like, you're going by a rest stop and there's not just one but two opportunities to pull over. <laughs> there's and you're like, several I of those signs again, that are like, this is your last <laughs> chance for a while. Think really hard. <laughs> and they were just like, no, instead, what if we sat here? And continue to lie to each other. Uh, if you I, all had just stopped and made out, it would have been completely different. <laughs> yes. Uh, to quote my notes, just kiss now, you absolute walnuts. Yes. <laughs> so that is a thing that should have happened. Yes. Um, I wrote a lot of notes for this scene. <laughs> I have the whole Imago thing where um, mm. I have note that Hannibal has these ideals of the people that he loves that he holds up. And he, it's like he can't break away from them Mm -hmm. he's really rigid about it yeah um sorry let me i did have the like why the fuck doesn't he go with him why the fuck doesn't he go with hannibal now i think because at least this time when i watched it i think will really doesn't know who he is yet Mm. and he's all these different people and he's just like i don't know you know like he's not gonna go he's not gonna like Go full on in with anybody, mm-hmm. no matter what, which is awful. <laughs> you, like, commit to something, well, making choices is not fun. And maybe if you had a good therapist, you'd be better at it. But just do the thing, baby. Um, and I think Hannibal, you know, for his his speech at the end and and the whole "let's just go away tonight" thing is just like kind of realizes that it will's just got to go through his own thing like i mean it is very okay no like i mean how look what how has done with other people as far as um forcing them towards whatever i mean he could have just tied will up and put him in the damn car yeah he's not like above that (laughs) no (laughs) he's very he's very down with that (laughs) like little shot in the neck, tie him up, throw him in the car. Chloroform in the lobster. Chloroform in the lobster, cantaloupe thing. (laughs) He's tiny, he'll fit the trunk, get over the border. But I think Hannibal realizes, like, oh, this, you know, Will's got to come to me in his own way Mm -hmm. for us to be, like, on the level that I want it to be. And so... Well, it's all the people he's manipulated. So he has to stab him. Yeah, he has to stab him. <laughs> you just sit there thinking, why did the show bring me to this point? Because now you're just here thinking, if Hannibal were my friend and not a murderer, wouldn't you kind of be like, I get that you really like this person and he's very pretty. Right. But you don't have to wait for him. Like, you can just, you know, you can find a different boyfriend. <laughs> but that's no, how I would have Hannibal. <laughs> you can get a different boyfriend. People like, no. None of them are good enough for me. Like, Hannibal girl, just let it go. <laughs> it's going to be great. But no, that's not how any of this works. Um, uh, what else did I have notes of? I had a lot of stuff about, like, the double talk here is, like, 
Will choosing to let Hannibal think he's talking about Jack mm-hmm. when they're actually talking about Will. Mm-hmm. All this stuff about forgiveness and saving people and all of that is like, Will's like, I'm going to pretend that we're talking about Jack. Right. Because <laughs> you think Jack's your friend, but we both know that he's trying to catch you. And <laughs> Will's like, wink, wink. <laughs> well, when Will says um, Jack doesn't want forgiveness, he wants justice. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Will saying to Hannibal, I'm not in this deep relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing my job, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to put you in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some cold shit. It's cold shit. <laughs> God damn it. I would like to say that I have at least two, possibly three notes in this little trunk right here that are just like, Hannibal looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is hard to do. <laughs> yeah. He just looks so, like, tired and worn out. His heart is broken. Mm-hmm. Will is a lying bitch. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, next, we have uh, Cade being like the voice of reason. Cade Brunel. <laughs> Cade Brunel has wandered in from a completely different yes. show <laughs> where people have reason <laughs> and processes. And it's, you know, she's talking to me like, you're all crazy. It's okay. I'm here. I know how things work. We're going to take some guns away. We're going to put some people in some leave. It's going to be fine. She's like, we're going to file some paperwork. <laughs> and like, that, that would be fine. <laughs> I'm a paperwork filing person in my life, so I'm very sympathetic to her. But she has, I don't know if you guys ever uh, read near, or talk to uh, Cleolinda Jones at all, but she mm-hmm. talks a lot about Dracula and the people in Dracula don't know they're in Dracula problem, oh. where you just, you don't understand that you've wandered into a story whose rules are way <laughs> yeah. beyond your comprehension. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Kate has the people in Dracula who don't know they're in Dracula problems. Yeah, absolutely. Just- she even has a line in this scene that's just like, I'm going to explain to you how reality works. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, late. Too late. Nobody's listening. <laughs> no, you are in the wrong show. <laughs> well, so I have things written down such as, how do they know, like, Will, does, Will has never told anybody that he killed Randall Tear. Like, he's never told anybody. And they're like, he killed... And Jack's, like, out of self-defense. I'm like, how does Jack know this? Like, did Will... We never see him tell Jack this. And then... Kate is like going through the notes, and I'm like, "What did Jack put in these notes that <laughs> she's got you access love to, to read those notes?" I'm like, "What is? What did he write? Like, you know, Will totally killed this guy, and then made him look like like 100 authorized this saber toothed tiger plan." <laughs> yes, like this is great because I don't think we know when he kills Randall here if Jack is in on the whole thing or not. Well, yeah, I didn't think he was at the beginning because I mean they're standing there talking about the murder, and Jack seems to be not. <laughs> and Will not like, really Hannibal's it. all like Hannibal's like this is an amazing art murder <laughs> this is the best art murder I've ever just seen just little hearts over his head <laughs> whoever did this is super sexy super sexy yeah no my impression was that Jack sort of came along after that and was like, like well my choices have yeah. brought us here yeah. I guess I'm gonna you know make some files about it and clean it up after the fact and that's oh. now what Kate is looking at and you love to see God. it <laughs> Um, and that, and then the whole thing, like Jack turns in his gun and his badge, mm-hmm. and I was like symbolically t- removing himself from the law, like he's no longer playing by the rules. He's like, "Fuck the rules! I'm gonna take this under my own hands." Um, and I was like, "This just really, like you said, it reinforces the fact that like Hannibal, d- the law does not apply to Hannibal. Like it does not apply." And all the FBI, FBI people. Except finally, Jack, you do not understand 
They're like, we can catch him by our usual method. And it's like, no, it's not going to happen that way at all. <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> if it were going to happen that way, it would have happened a while yeah. ago before yeah. we got to the, you know, in murder, Sabertooth yes. Tiger situation. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um, so what I have up next is the call. Uh-huh. <sighs> and I was also, okay, just a side note. So Will's on his phone with Alana, mm-hmm. who's like, they've issued a warrant for your arrest. And he sees all these cars pulling up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna grab my coat and go out the back door. So, and then he shows up at Hannibal's in a taxi. Oh, I know. <laughs> Do you know how much a taxi would cost for a wolf trap to Baltimore? That is actually, that's the one scene in this episode that takes me right out. <laughs> I'm like with Kate Purnell, like reality check. You can only go so far along with all of this. You just took a taxi from Wolf Trap to Baltimore, Maryland. In the rain. In the rain. Taking a real long time. (laughs) Real long time. Um, And a lot of money. Like, and I'm also like, they give you the impression that his house is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Where the fuck did you get that? How far do you have to walk to get the taxi? Taxi. We could call a taxi. And then it's wait for nowhere. It. You definitely don't want the taxi to come to the police stakeout at your yeah, house. Yeah. So you definitely have to go at least a little bit. Away. <laughs> yeah. like like go down to the corner. At the end of the lane, there's like a highs or a Seven <laughs> Eleven on the corner. <laughs> He's like, I need someone to pick me up. That's the yeah. When he shows up in the, t- in the taxi ex boyfriend's house, <laughs> that's the part where. We harp on this a lot, but I'm like, God, the distance yeah. just really, it's, it, what, it's what yeah. takes me out of the show is yeah. that compression of Yeah, but him getting out of that taxi, like if I could edit that out of this episode, I would. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not super critical. You could have just lost five seconds. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like, taxi. <laughs> yeah. Now you just pretend it's an Uber. It's just an Uber. <laughs> it's fine. And so... It's an expensive Uber. How people do in, that all the time. Also, yeah. in fairness, dude thinks he's either about to die horribly or right. run away with oh, his yeah. cannibal boyfriend into a new life. Like, his What's credit an- card balance is probably yeah. not the greatest of his What's concerns? 150 bucks on a credit card for a taxi? A- I'm okay with that. It's really the time distance thing that worries me. Like, last time I tried to get a taxi, it takes like an hour to get there. So there's the awkward waiting. <laughs> At the 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, they would never pick me up in the places I lived. I called taxis like three times in Baltimore because my car was in the shop and they would never show because it was when I lived in Southwest and they were like, no, we're not going there. Mm. Yes. Anyway. Thank you. I mean, I have problems with Uber and Lyft, but they work. I'm just going to pretend it's it's like an Uber Black. It's like you get pulled up in an SUV. Um. I I assume in this whole this is the whole thing with Jack. So <laughs> can you imagine if he did take an Uber like and the guy was trying to converse with him the entire <laughs> So how's it going? Where are you go- Baltimore, huh? <laughs> One of those like party lights. I've watched The Wire. It's like living in Baltimore. It's just like, oh my god. So do you like the Ravens? <laughs> Just gotta get the animals out. No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's just Justin takes Justin is a car, so he takes a lot of Ubers, and I'll be like, "How was your ride?" He's like, oh, "I tried talking to me." Oh, yeah, those the are worst. the worst. Or Lyft who showed up with like a disco ball and video games and lights and stuff, and the guy's <laughs> like, "Hey," I'm like, "Just take me home, please." Readers at home, you just missed some finger guns, <laughs> and it was a lot. <laughs> hey, what do you want to listen to? I'm like. 
my podcast on my headphones, please. <laughs> Literally anything but this. Yeah. All right. Somebody's got to write a fic about the hour long <laughs> Uber drive that Will took. Yes, <laughs> please. With the super talk. Tag us Uber all. Guy. We want to see this. Yes. Please. 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 I'll commission this. For, uh, yeah. Like, I, I will throw money at someone. Just do it. <laughs> I'll give you $5 and like, uh, uh, some like Baltimore themed bumper sticker. Yes. <laughs> okay. Much more serious things. <gasps> Much more serious things. We really don't want to get to this. This is just getting too painful. I know. It is painful. So we have first the whole, the fight scene. Yeah. Which, it just, I mean, oh God, when Hannibal goes over the goddamn counter. <laughs> <sighs> they didn't have to go this hard, but bless them uh, yes. for going this hard. It's like the hottest fucking thing ever. <laughs> when he's so hot. Over the There's counter. so many hot moments with Hannibal now. Uh, well, and so I took it as Jack pulls the gun because it gives him a reason a justifiable reason Mm -hmm. to then do whatever he needs to do right he goes to pull that and he's like now i am attacked i can do whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's the seat the part that really gets me is it when does hannibal hit jack in the head with the refrigerator door I think so. I don't remember which I way around. Someone hit someone. Yeah, hit someone yeah. yeah. and I was like, God, like it's just dirty. <laughs> it's fighting. a fabulous fight scene. I know Mass said they had like a great time shooting it, and the next day both of them were like, Oh my god, we're fifty <laughs> years <Yes>. old. <laughs> Why didn't no one tell us this yesterday? By the way, you guys are fifty years <laughs> old. <laughs> well, it's so interesting to watch them like the physical differences because Jack is so. You think like, oh, he's so he's a big guy, mm-hmm. and and he's not slow. Like he's very agile and everything. But Hannibal is so like dirty and fast, and that's great. It's just like he's fighting Morpheus too. You know, like he's got that like <laughs> mm-hmm. that history. It's either that a cowboy Curtis, and that's, or, yeah, or that's cowboy. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's also is just very good for me. It's good for you. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I like that. And and to finally, like, I'm re- not really into the whole let me show something and then get back to it way mm-hmm. later. This is, I think, one of the most satisfying times I've seen that happen in a show where they're like, let's start. Let's start at the end. Yeah. This part I am vaguely remembering now of the like watching live experience was hilarious figuring out, you know, what everyone had watched back in the first episode. And like, oh my God, it's this. Yeah. It's this happening. is happening now. Get me more ice cream. We yes. need to tweet about this. <laughs> it's an emergency. It's happening now. Oh. And then Alana comes wandering oh my God. in. And you're like, I don't know. She could be wearing like bunny ears and a cottontail. And mm-hmm. I feel like you couldn't be more of the like, like, little forest creature stumbling in somewhere you're not supposed to and in a part i do like i feel like alana at this moment this is like a big digression that just popped in my head all the shit with the gun debate when mm-hmm. people are like well if somebody was there with a gun yeah it would change everything i was like this is what happens yeah <laughs> like they don't have their bullets in or it's not loaded or they don't know what's like this is this is the mm-hmm. thing that's like you can show you can be like i'm totally prepared and everything falls apart yeah i was like you don't know what is- you'd really do in a situation like that yeah and i do wonder like what made her decide to try to shoot him is it like because she cares about jack and will is it because she feels a professional obligation is it because she hates hannibal for what he's done to her mm-hmm. for the last however long but i personally feel like i'd peace out <laughs> you just walk right back out that door I would have been like fuck this shit 
Yeah, I mean, I think maybe I would have just called that gunshot and not even walked in the door. Maybe yeah. you just walk out again and wait for the backup to show up. Yeah. Go down to the Royal Farms <laughs> yeah. in the corner. Like, I'm yeah, going to get a chicken box. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, like, the thing of... So she sh- I guess she drove herself there. And, like, she calls. She says, I heard shots. Uh-huh. And I would like to make a side note that the amount of time that elapses between her calling that in and the police showing up is not... It's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Particularly in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, this is coming from my experience of one time calling the cops in the middle of the night because I thought somebody was breaking into the house and nobody showed up for three hours because Very they comforting. had logged it as my house had been broken into. Uh, so I need to report it, not I actively. Not think, at I was my house like, right now. I was like, somebody's, I think somebody's trying to break into my house. I have barricaded myself in a bedroom. Seems like an important distinction. Oh, I got one better for you. Oh, no. <laughs> when I called the cops after I was held up at gunpoint, like right by oh, Hopkins, yeah. um, they they took forever to get there. I ended up in a bar drinking whiskey. I'm like, at the, <laughs> I'm at the bar now, you guys. Come pick me up there. <laughs> and they come in and they're like, um, can you come with us? Because we are understaffed and we have to go to two other calls and just stay in the back of the car. So you're just so, like riding along? I did a ride along with the Baltimore City cops because they didn't have enough people to respond to all the calls. So they were just like double stacked, double and triple stacked. Okay, this me. is also a thick I want. Who's <laughs> yeah. just sitting in the back of the cop car when they pull up to this house when it's all gone down. So we went to Fells Point and we took care of some drunk people. And then we went to some other call in a house. I don't know what happened. And then they finally took me to the police station. We're like, okay, right, what happened? And then we'll take you home. Yeah. Wow. Is that the time when we went to Ren Fair the next day? Yeah, like so I have no money or ID. Yeah, like, my purse is gone. <laughs> We're like, we got you covered. We'll yeah, buy you beer. It was squirrels. <laughs> oh yeah, the end of my story is that squirrels had gotten behind our fireplace, and it but it sounded like somebody was beating on a window trying to break it open. He was gone, mm. and I woke up in the middle of the night, and our bedroom door doesn't lock, so I slid a. a dresser in front of it and then spent three hours pretty much with my back against the dresser oh. being like is wow. anybody in my house this is before we had a dog now <laughs> i'd be like whatever i'll know if somebody's in the house the dog will bark so that whole part of the cops not showing up for this whole so scene, that part is correct it's just the uber part that we have to be worried <laughs> yeah about. the uber okay. part is fucked up but the okay. cops not showing up that is this is a good looks color thank you yes um so I'm trying to I one thing I wish I'd had time to do, but I didn't because I put a note here was is the scene different if there's any differences in the scene between what they show at the in episode one or now. Oh, like, yeah, and I'm I, not sure. I feel like the action was all the same. But I was wondering if they might have done anything with the lighting or anything like that. Because just in my head, it feels darker at this point. Like it. But you mm-hmm. also have all that emotional expectation of like, this is a desperate Point. Yes, we're deeply traumatized by this yes. point. <laughs> we were also deeply invested <laughs> at this point. So I might do that if I have the uh, yeah, that would be interesting. if I have the time. Um and then sorry. Um oh I'm still on all the Alana stuff. I was like, you know, this is her seeing him for the first time as he actually is, but somehow Hannibal is like dignified at the point when he seems like he should be the least like He's just like visceral, like he's just been fighting, fleeing himself with that stupid. Yeah. Oh my jar. god, that is so hot, <laughs> dude! When he walks away and then flings on the door, like damn, yeah. <laughs> and like 
He's just still maintaining <clears throat> this something. Yeah. Pulled together. Um, I, there's another note to myself. I would have gotten the fuck out of Well, and he even says, like, Alana, <laughs> get out. We can just forget about all this. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> would you have taken him for his word that he wouldn't have? <clears throat> yeah, I guess not at that point. It's tough because I feel like he was probably saying it sincerely. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I feel like Hannibal's a person who would perfect be justify it to himself if he changed his mind later agreed oh. but i think if those are my options i might pick the walk away and then figure out how to deal with it later right. <laughs> like yeah. go put myself in witness protection or something mm-hmm. and- yeah yeah run out the door and figure yeah. it out later i agree but she runs up the steps instead because she's a dumbass <laughs> at the door she goes out the door I, mean, I don't know really the layout of his house i think yeah. people have done sketches mm-hmm. but i think it felt like it was the kind of thing where you like come in the front door into a foyer and then into the dining room. Mm-hmm. So she probably could have just shot straight back out into the street again and then she goes upstairs. I'm like... Yeah, I think she walks past the front door that she came in. Uh-huh. So she totally could have just been like, zoop! Yeah. Gets her bullets <laughs> in. Shoots way too many times through the door. Oh, yeah. I'm like, girl, you're wasting bullets. You're wasting bullets. <laughs> Stop. And then the shit with Abigail. Yeah. Which, like, I, I mean... Poor Abigail. Like, she's just so fucked up at this point. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, makes you wonder, like, what did Hannibal say to her that makes her be like, yes, I have to push this person out a window? Like, like what? Because well, she apologizes. And I'm like, what? Could he have said I mean, to her? you've got to assume there was a lot of, you know, his trademark brainwashing and heavy drugging yeah, going exactly. on Yeah, exactly. There's the heavy drugging, like, the metronome thing, yeah, the hypnosis. The we learn later on that he dug up uh, Garrett Jacob Hobbs and put him in a therapy session with her. He did do that? Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot that. <laughs> I we know- take what we like from the incredibly <laughs> weird original source material yes. and just twist it a little bit? I, I remember. I remember because I was really happy that Brian Fuller wrote that in because I was yeah. like one of those fucked up things. I mean, and she knows that like he knows that she killed that guy, mm-hmm. so he's probably holding that over her head. Yeah, and... yeah, but yeah, she's been in therapy with Hannibal for therapy yeah. for, <laughs> for a year. I just feel like at this point you're like shit. C- shit couldn't get worse than it is right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I don't push this lady out the window, it's not going to get any worse. Right. True. Yeah, that what's yeah. happen now. Poor yeah, Abigail. So. There's a a good fic. I think it's called Pianoforte that is about her time with Hannibal. Mm. That is it was good. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Because it does not it doesn't have a happy ending. Yeah. But yeah, it's no, just, I've written a few Abigail fics. I've never managed to give her a happy ending no. yet. And I love her. I she deserves <laughs> yes. one. I have a lot of feelings about Abigail, but Yeah. Uh, though I was seeing her again now that I've watched some of the magicians. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was like I'm like I had the moment of at least you get to acting something else after this. <laughs> <laughs> which is silly. Um and then we have our last scene, which I have surprisingly few notes for because of course <laughs> I'm just like oh, <laughs> why uh, i cannot process all the feelings <laughs> and the music yeah. oh the music yeah. is so good for a while i had Bloodfest as my ringtone and then why did you do that to yourself <laughs> i was making bad choices in my life and then whenever the pizza came i just started to like cry oh. i was like okay i'm gonna make a different choice now <laughs> it, it wasn't a great move i don't recommend it mm, mm, mm. 
I don't know if I would actually notice it. I feel like it would just sort of integrate itself into my, like, the background music of my life. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's the whole, you're like, what, what? So Will has called Hannibal and told him they know. So Will doesn't know what is going on. He doesn't know that, like, he, he Will, knows that Jack was going to try to do something. Right. Will hopes that Hannibal's left. And maybe just the cops are there or yeah. something. So he has, like, no idea of, like, what's going on. And there's the part of me that's also, like, I don't know. Like, did he hope that Hannibal might wait for him and now he'd get to run away with him? Oh, that makes me even worse. I don't want to <laughs> even think about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Little too late, Will. Um. Oh, I my a big thing I was thinking this time was is Hannibal like at this point does he even fucking care if he gets caught? Mm. He manages to make it out before the cops show up. Yeah. I mean, he's a very petty person, so I think on the level of just petty spite, yes, but also no, I mean, we were talking about this earlier in the episode, you can just pop off into his mind and hang out yes. there if he gets caught. I think it's really just he's thriving on spite at this point to power through these last 10 minutes. Yeah, he is, definitely. I mean, he's kind of like, look, Will, you've made no decisions, so I made all these decisions for you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you're fucked. <laughs> and, and I felt like this time watching it, like, the whole, like, like him killing Abigail. Mm-hmm. That's just him. That's being a petty bitch. Mm-hmm. He's like, you didn't change me. Fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. this is just, just take all of this i can have another note in all caps that everyone looks terrible <laughs> yes um and like the phone call with bella is totally a call back to the calls from miriam oh yeah all those calls yeah. to jack yeah. um but the like it's <sighs> i know i don't i mean this is the scene I've also said in past episodes. Like, I've watched it on my tablet with my headphones on. And when you do that, you can hear all the blood hitting the floor. It's pretty And the intense. whimpering really comes through very strongly. It does, yeah. but it's like the blood. Like, when he cuts Will, you just hear it, like, hit Splashing the ground. Splashing the ground. Wow. Yes. Yeah. You have to try that out. And there's lots of gasping. <laughs> yeah, the gasping is really... Life hacks. It's really... And it's, oh, God. And it's also the thing where you're like, Hannibal, you just really commit to a theme. Like, because all of his teacup stuff, I'm like, you are like, it's it's such a, like, vulnerable humanizing moment because he has tried to make himself not like this. And he so is at the same mercy of feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and everything that mm-hmm. everybody else is. And he's really mad about it. And he's, he's so mad. mad about it. I know. And that whole, like, I mean, it's classic now, right? But the whole, like, oh, you thought you could change me. And yeah. I, I kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, fuck you. I'm not changed. I'm going to run away with my, like, substitute spouse at the end. Yeah. Oh. And I did have that in my notes. That moment, I was thinking about that and Abigail. And is there any chance Abigail would have walked out of this room if Will hadn't done that little petty knife twist of, mm. I've already changed you? Probably not, because mm. Hannibal, but... Yeah. Did Salty Will... Like, like if you could have just kept your that, mouth shut, maybe that wouldn't point. have happened. Yeah. I don't know. But I do remember watching this first time and being like, he just stabbed him. Are they going to kiss now? <laughs> Like, uh, it's a real they, they question. Don't they don't kind of in a way do not need to. 
<laughs> no, just some, you know, hair stroking and gentle cuddling yes. is what they're going to do. But yeah, like, and I remember being really mad at Abigail the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I was like, fucking run. Like, when she pushed Alana out the window, like, I would like to think that at that point I would have run. But she just stays there for it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, Will's kind of the same way. They mm-hmm. just, they, they take what yeah. animal dishes out. Well, she says, I didn't know what to do. So I just did what he told me to yeah. do. You think at the point when you push somebody out a window, maybe you'd be like, maybe I should do something else. And I bet Will's like, same. (laughs) I do. I am really happy. This is a technical thing, but that they managed to make the Raven Stag effects here so good. Oh, they are. Because I feel like they really aren't that fantastic at some of the other points. But at this point. they, They invested in this. It really looked fabulous. Yes. Yeah. It really looked fabulous. So good. So much blood. So much blood. I love the the, the behind the scenes picture of him laying on the floor, like, giving the thumbs up. I was like, can you imagine how like cold and gross and disgusting it was to film that? They had to, um, because they they went back to that set for season three to film some pickups of like the 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 scenes. And they had to rip up the floorboards and put new floorboards yeah, I read down something about that. because they were moldy from all the fake blood, like, soaking into Ooh. the floor. <laughs> More blood. That's gross. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered the whole thing with the the raindrops coming down, but then it's the yeah. blood and it goes back up through the ceiling oh because Jack's God. in there. Oh, damn. Yeah, there's so many gorgeous it's really shots. good. <laughs> A plus plus. And then I took the last bit in the when Hannibal smugly like sits back with his drink that he mm-hmm. I to me, I'm like, I think he's going into his memory palace. I think he's shutting everything out. Yeah. Like he's yeah. there with with Bedelia, but I think he's that's not who he's with in his head. No, it's the beginning of like the sad times in Florence. Yes. <laughs> the sad and yet also hilarious times involving yes. motorcycles and just a real midlife crisis nonsense. It is. <laughs> that made me the moment the midlife crisis begins right there. <laughs> Whoever's, and I hope someone's still writing the whole um, Hannibal Hamilton uh, filking all the songs uh-huh. into Hannibal. Like, I always think of um, It's Quiet Uptown <laughs> <laughs> as this part of Hannibal going to Florence. Like, you know, forgiveness. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no, apparently not. <laughs> You know, like if you see him in the garden, <laughs> have pity. <laughs> I haven't heard of this before. That's what, well, that's my song I would put to yes. this part of Hannibal's life. I didn't know. Wait, somebody's filking all of Hannibal Somebody. There was a lot of really intense Hannibal Hamilton crossover for a while. Yeah, like, but I don't know if anybody ever hit upon this one. But I, I, as I was watching this, I was like, oh, my God, it's quiet uptown would be perfect for this part. I did remember reading one of them that was like a Valley Forge era Ham- Hannibal hmm. AU Hamilton. Oh, I read that. Yeah. 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 It's good. Um, but yeah, this is just, man, what an hour of television. Yeah. It's just exhausting. I'm like, what did we do to deserve this? And it is like, is this one of those things where I watch that and I'm like, who the fuck could not watch this and be like, this is uh, this is amazing. Right. Like, this is so amazing. Um, and I guess at this point, they still weren't sure they were going to get season three. I think so. Yeah. So yeah. what a way to just walk out and leave us all. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Brian Fuller's thing was like every season ended as if there were never going to be any more. Yeah. 
which I do appreciate in a show. Just yeah, TV is, being what it is. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't leave me on a cliffhanger, even if you're going to leave me on something really terrible. <laughs> yeah. At least give me closure. Yeah, which like I, a cliffhanger. Yes. yes. <laughs> I have a friend who is actually she's not anti more Hannibal, but she's very concerned that if there ever is more Hannibal, it. She's, she just feels like the end of season three is very satisfying. Mm. I mean, that's, I think, a very fair way to look yeah. at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's so she's kind of like, you know, season four ambivalent to negative. She's like, I don't, I don't really need it because I feel like they wrapped. Yeah. yeah in a very satisfying way. <clears throat> but I think if there's more, she'd be happily watching. Sure. Yeah. She like, says I, that now. But if it happened, <laughs> would she really not watch it? She'd be like, oh, I don't need that. That thing that's going to be on TV tonight. I don't need to watch yeah. it. <laughs> but like, you're lying. <laughs> liar totally liar so is there any uh, more uh conclusive screaming uh, i don't think so i'm just in a lot of emotional pain over here it's fine <laughs> it is sort of a culmination of the like damn i didn't know blood was sexy oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thanks we did you didn't know about yourself that <laughs> was put right in front of your face yep so good <laughs> so on that note we have recommendations <laughs> you get to go first as a guest <laughs> Are we, right, are we, are we, are we going to start by moment. yelling about the Untamed? We can do that. <laughs> this is a dual wreck between Amy Part and Flippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, a friend of mine refers to the show The Untamed as the ancient Chinese gays pyramid scheme because she drags in a few friends and they drag in a few friends. So this is my effort to just keep dragging people really? into the pyramid scheme. So The Untamed... Um, basically this exists in several forms as like a novel and a TV show and a manga and anime. So it also would go by Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation or Mozart Dushi. I may be saying that very wrong, (laughs) probably. But basically, let me just pull up my notes here. Oh, you have notes. (laughs) I have notes. (laughs) And I ran this note by the um, Untamed Discord chat last night. And they were like, yes, that is an accurate summation of the show. So this is blessed. And what I have to say about this show is that basically all these different ver- versions of the show with varying levels of gayness, but they're the same basic story. And it's, they're basically the story about a man who more or less dies in his brother's ar- hands, more or less in his boyfriend's arms. And this is not a spoiler. This is the first five minutes of the show. He dies covered in blood at the edge of a cliff. So this is, you know, me Animal screaming. <laughs> and then we do 50 episodes about what the fuck led up to that and what happens after he's resurrected and has to make some sense of his death and his new life and a lot of things that have been going down in the ancient Chinese gay world over the 13 or 15 16, or so? 16, 16, years. 16. 16 years he's been away. And also they have to solve some crimes and there's a bunch of disaster teenagers who sort of latch onto him that he has to sort of deal with as someone who was not that long ago a disaster teenager. So that is the thing that's happening. And basically, the lead is a lead character is called Wei Wuxian, and he's a man who radiates chaos energy and has a very good heart and absolutely no filter and just casually upends the lives of everyone around him, primarily including Lan Zhen, who is a very well-raised and calm disciple of order and peace who's trying to live in a society. And then Wei Wuxian happens to him like a hurricane. <laughs> and it's just... Or like a wrecking ball. Or like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yes. And there's just... If you like your, you know, ancient Chinese sword gaze shows, you may or may not. But if you do, you will probably enjoy this. It's not maybe the best well done version of this of this kind of story that I've seen, but it's a lot of fun and the actors are really excellent. It's just, it's really good it's, to me. I'm enjoying it. Uh, well, I got into it. I, I wouldn't really say I'm fully into. I'm only like ten episodes yeah. in right now. 
because I went, I was like, oh god, there's fucking fifty episodes. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. there's a lot to commit to. Um, I don't know. Do you know Clever Manka through? Toast, I know the name, Connors? like a yeah, like okay, as a friends so of friends. Yeah, way, so yeah. we're friends, and she got me into Guardian. Uh huh. I've been down that rabbit hole too. Yeah. Yes. So Guardian. <laughs> so I've already like watched my big gay Chinese drama fantasy uh-huh. thing, and I was like, okay. And then she kept talking about Untamed, and I was like, okay, I'll give it this a shot. And I started watching it, and I was, and you, at the time I started watching it, you were also tweeting about uh-huh. it, and and uh, what's his face is Big Gremlin Energy. Yes. And <laughs> I was like, Big Gremlin Energy. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And I was like, wow, this feels real gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, because it's based off of a boy love. Was it a web yes. novel Yeah, a web first? novel. A web novel first. And Guardian was based off of a boy love web yes. novel. Uh, and was also theoretically gayed down, but... Not. They didn't do it very well. What was it? It's um, pretty gay. The communist brotherhood? Was that the, the Something word like used? that. Whenever you refer to communist brotherhood in that, it's it's like the it's the tag that the Chinese fandom came up with to talk about like the gay content in it without tipping off whatever. Yes. And in this show that would be cultivation partners, which means you go out and fight demons together with your magical swords that probably have no symbol- symbolic importance oh, whatsoever. No, symbolic. And give each other like a lingering <laughs> I mean, I, I was like that was some really, like, I think it's the first or second episode when they all show up at the one clan's place to do yeah. the classes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really intense eye contact. And there's, I think, the guy who becomes the ghost general looking at the, like, not the uncle, but the older brother mm-hmm. of the land clan, lawn, yeah. lawn clan. And there's, like, a look and a look and a look and a look back. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot happening in the subtext of the Untamed. Yeah, but it's real pretty. You started, you watched a it's, couple. Yeah, episodes. it's it real pretty. Beautiful. It is very pretty. The first couple episodes, I think, are a little confusing because they really do just drop you right in the middle of they "Oh, do. I'm dying on a cliff now." Yeah, and then you get 30 episodes of flashback, a breezy 30 episodes. Yes. <laughs> and I think the impression I get is that there is different clans. Yes. And the one of them has decided they want to be in control of everything. Yes. And they have the magical evil MacGuffin that will allow them to control everybody. (laughs) Indeed. So they're trying to, I mean, there's like, like mustache twirling (laughs) villains if anybody had facial hair. Yes. And everyone else is being super noble, but ineffective. Pretty much. They keep getting their asses kicked. And middling special effects and hilarious fight sequences of like... (laughs) Not great. Like, I mean, you've seen like Crouching Tire Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. those kind of fight sequences, except they're suddenly somebody's flying through the air and somebody's like flying through the air in the yeah. direction. And- I'm like uh, three episodes in. So, yeah, I'm confused, uh-huh. yes. intrigued, yes. <laughs> vaguely excited. Vaguely excited. So, yeah, so for me, the sweet spot is probably right around the middle third of the show. Mm-hmm. I know some people who are really into like the back half of the show after mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of back to present day and they have mm-hmm. to do some you know, crime-solving, teenager wrangling. That's not as much my personal jam. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Have you seen the whole thing at this point? I have, yes. Oh, okay. okay. We're only, like, I said 10 episodes in, so it's yeah, real. Yeah, no, I just finished it a few days ago. But I did, like, we, you said the same thing I was watching, and I was like, and then this guy shows up, and he's the ghost general, he's dead, and Jen was like, I really liked him. <laughs> yeah, really, like, yeah, I love the ghost general. Tell me more he's about delightful. this ghost general. <laughs> and all the female... I appreciate the fact that they have female characters who are... Um, like at the when they're studying at the one place, like there's women in the group, yes. and then there's the woman who's the physician who I am 
convinced is wearing circle contact lenses because <laughs> nobody's eyes are that big and mm-hmm. round. Go back and look at that. That's yes, the woman like in the red. Mm-hmm. Her eyes are like, huge. yeah. Are you familiar with circle lenses? No, I didn't know it was a thing. They're contact lenses where the pupil is, it'll extend past your own. So oh. it makes your eye, you know, when people do like the doll-like makeovers, and although we, they'll wear circle oh. lenses and it makes your eyes like, like blink, blink, blink. Um, so I'm like, I think she's wearing them because her eyes she are might like, be. Yeah. Um, also, the guy who is... They did the scene. There's the whole clan that gets wiped out. Mm-hmm. And they capture the guy. And they take him back to the Nye clan, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's the guy who is... Like, everybody makes fun of him because his mom was a prostitute or something mm-hmm. like that. Yes. And he's very placid on his demeanor. And he is equally like a bunny, like, bling, 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 <laughs> but there's something going on underneath. And I'm like, I'm not mm. going to comment on that. Yes. <laughs> well, I read a little bit. I will say that's some good spotting. <laughs> um, but he, he's just like, it's, he's too placid. Mm. He's yes. too like, of course, whatever. Mm. I'm just letting this all like, all right, all right. But it's been a lot of fun. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I cannot let my attention waver or else I have Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You have to pay attention. Yeah, but the scenery is beautiful. The sets are yes, beautiful. Everyone is the pretty. Everything is pretty. Everybody's gorgeous. And the other thing I will say, just given this venue, and I did, I will about the level I tweeted about this. So no mm. real spoilers. But so this, again, it's fifty episodes. And about half an hour before the end of the fiftieth episode, there was what I think I described on Twitter as the second gayest stabbing I've ever seen on television. <laughs> oh. And I suddenly and very rapidly developed a new ship. 49 and a half episodes into this 50 episode show because I am who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I, I may have to at some point, you know, reconsider my life in light of this new shit that I have suddenly developed because of this extremely gay stabbing. So that's who I am as a person. I'm going to keep that as my end goal. <laughs> yeah. If you stick with it, there will be some extremely gay stabbing. Okay. So. And even if I do decide to peace out, I'll be like, I'll just watch like the last Yeah. No, let me know if you do and I will just tell you like what to cut to. <laughs> But it's been... And give you a little bit of backstory that you'll need if you don't watch the 48 episodes oh, in between. Did I send you the link to my to Manka's, like, Tumblr roundup? She does Tumblr roundups every Tuesday, and one of them was Untamed, and a lot of it was, okay, who's the big gremlin energy guy? Wei Wuxia. Yes. yes. Like, his ridiculous facial responses <laughs> to things, because he'll sit there it's and he's like... face. He's beautiful, and he looks refined, and then he just does the like i'm a little shit like his everything about him is i'm a little shit yes except for when he's completely like expressionless and then he's just gorgeous but i actually think um the other guy (laughs) soulmate yes i can't keep anybody's names straight i think he's my favorite because he's so shut down he's delightful I love him so. And the I'm like, have wig envy and costume envy. Yeah. And everybody keeps their clothes really clean envy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how any of that happens. No, it's great. Um, yes. what, oh, wait, you have... I, I haven't watched Watchmen. Yeah, so I, I'm dubious about Watchmen, so I'm not going to say this is a wreck. I'm just going to say I watched the first episode a few days ago, and uh. like, it was good in a way I didn't expect it to be, and a really interesting sort of playing with the source material but not being locked to it in a way Mm. that i kind of think of hannibal as being and just because i don't necessarily have any faith in the showrunners or anything else going on there it may turn out to be terrible but like i'm cautiously intrigued so not really a wreck just a maybe watchmen will not be as terrible as it probably is so everybody who's watching it is like yelling about how much they like it yeah i'm I'm really surprised yeah i didn't expect it to be good yeah i have the same sort of cautious like oh when are they gonna screw this up yeah 
Um, but I really like the first season at least. Cool. And so. Jeremy Irons is ridiculously great at it. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Irons. Well, so. yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed his little bit in just the first episode. So. Love Jeremy Iron. Yes, so tentative wreck from me. Good wreck from her, apparently. <laughs> okay, Go yeah. watch Watchmen. Okay. I'll add to my, <laughs> my ever-expanding list. And then the Magnus Archives. I am heard about it because I know somebody who's really into it, but I don't know anything about it. Okay. Yeah, so I'm is almost caught up on that one. It is a podcast. Yes. Let me scroll back up so you don't want to say about that one. Yeah, I wasn't sure how many wrecks you need, so I clearly just oh, brought no, a lot no, of no, stuff to talk about. <laughs> so basically, the Magnus Archives, yeah, it is a podcast. It's a... It's a fictional podcast, and I started listening to it, and I almost kind of zapped out halfway through the first season, because it kind of starts off as really just sort of more or less unconnected, spooky slash horror stories, which may or may not be your jam, but we're here, so you're probably not mad about it. But I was like, is this going to develop a narrative at some point? Because if it doesn't, I'm not, I don't really just need like 150 episodes of a guy with a very nice voice, but still just mm-hmm. some dude telling me horror stories. And then it did go ahead and develop, like, mm. and apparently very well planned out, which is always nice, not flying by the seat of its pants, like, overarching narrative, basically about these people who work in sort of, it's a library slash paranormal investigation unit, and each sto- each of these stories is kind of a recording of a statement given by someone who's come to them to tell them about this weird thing that happened to them. And as it all unfolds, you sort of start to see the connections between the things that are happening out in the world, and you learn a little more about the people behind the kind of people running this library and you just sort of get oh no wait now i'm invested and i didn't mean to be invested but i am and it's a problem in my life (laughs) so that is a thing that is happening i'm pretty into it and i feel like the fanfic is probably fantastic i'm gonna hold Mm. off till i finish the season that just wrapped i've seen you know you start to see people change not completely abandon their old fandoms but switch to new <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff and i've seen that happening in yeah some i feel like there's fodder fans. for really really good fic so i can't huh. swear that there is but like i'm looking forward to investigating that so probably by the time this would be up i will have caught up and be ready for oh. fic so feel free to send me some fic nice. recs people cool so that's what i'm into right now yeah i saw that um plaid queen mm-hmm. on twitter who is in baltimore had checked out the old gods of appalachia because yeah, I, I, it up, yeah I, I haven't listened to today. but it's like a lovecraftian yeah that sounded very good yes yeah, so a, like that's a, it's good the guy um who does it has this like very appalachian you know accent and talks in a very gruff voice yeah. about stuff <laughs> and creepy stuff so it's good yeah eventually i will get to all these things i'm listening to so many other things and you have an actual google doc currently just listing all the things i mean to watch or listen to because i will just otherwise i forget them i write it down i I have my new i had to move to a new taking notes during episodes oh my god so i'm gonna use the back of it for my list of yeah and i have two more i just bought because i went to barnes and noble to buy christmas gifts and i was like do i need blank books no am i buying them because they're spiral bound yes no books are very important um so yeah what are you guys watching i I had the untamed which i had said was just sorry about that you're you're just doing this now it's just you know it's usually when something comes from one direction i'm like okay and then i get it from two directions and if i yeah no this it's come at me from several directions now so i i've fallen prey to it um and then uh, I was going to recommend we went and saw Jojo Rabbit mm. the other night. Did you see it? No, I haven't I seen, seen it yet. It. I haven't yet. It's Taika. Do you know about it? It's Taika yeah. Waititi's movie. Um, for anybody who doesn't know about it, it is about a young boy who's eight, I think, living in, I think, an unspecified German town during World War II. And he has 
fully bought into the like Nazi youth ideology. His dad is supposedly off fighting the war and his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler played by Taika Waititi. Sure. And then it's the stuff that sort of comes out. And I was like, I mean, I was really worried about this. I'm like, I trust Taika a lot, but this is like a whole lot to take on. And then I saw when it, um, premiered i think at sundance or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. the responses coming back people were like he did a fantastic like Mm -hmm. nobody else could have done this Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of what i've heard yes and then we saw it and i was like i mean there's a part like i do big content warning fucking nazis (laughs) there's also a little bit of animal violence in the very beginning but it's telegraphed really easily so you can shut your eyes and ears if you need um and it's kind of absurd and i do i'm like i love the fact that a indigenous maori jewish man is playing out of i feel like that is the biggest like double fingered fuck (laughs) you to like every nazi asshole out there and there's a point when he gets really mad and starts screaming so scary i was like i never want to make taiko mad at me Mm. (laughs) it was so scary Mm. it was so freaky um Mm. scarlett johansson's great she was great i was like why is she She so problematic so well she plays a white lady so well. <laughs> she does an amazing white lady, Justin. <laughs> she does. Thanks for pointing that out. But it's the thing where I'm like, she is can be such a great actress. Why does she keep doing stupid fucking shit? Don't you have friends in your life who will just sit you down and be like, we have to talk about yes. this. Why are you terrible? Yes, she does a great job. Um, and the kid actors in it are amazing, amazing. Yeah. in particular mm. jojo's best friend apparently it's the first time this child has ever acted he was brilliant this little kid's comic timing is so cute and he's this little round cute dark haired round glass kid and he is he said he kind of reminds me of jason from home movies if you all ever watched that it's great so i recommend it see it while it's out in the theater Excellent. but content warning for nazis so that's fine Thank you. It's a historical document, so they lose in the end, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You do know that the Nazis lose. <laughs> so you can hold that. <laughs> Good to know you're watching it. What do you have, Dan? Um, oh, well, I, you know, I have been really grooving on this divination deck that I have, so I thought I'd recommend it because um, I know a lot of people are sort of witchy that listen to us. Um, and I've read tarot for like... Years and years and forever and ever and ever. Um, But this is a Lenormand deck, um, which is based off of playing cards and based off of a a lady uh, in the 1700s in France um, whose last name was Lenormand. And what's cool about it is it's like... Tarot usually is like this whole like, you know, psychological journey and all this stuff. This is like very direct, like, should I sell my car next month or (coughs) put some more money into it kind of thing. Um, And this deck is really cool because it's really surreal. And it's so it it actually really reminds me of like Hannibal stuff. Oh, it's pretty. Yeah. Um, So I've just been playing with it. Um, But the deck is called the Seekers Lenormand. Um, and if anybody is like into or wants to pick up some divination, this one, especially the heart one. Oh, that's like so Hannibal. Love it. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. If anybody wants to, uh, get into it, I totally recommend this deck. And that's my recommendation. Wait, where did you get it from? 
Uh, the internets. The internets. Um, the, there's a person. Um, where's the? It's skullgarden.net. Um, it's this person who did a, a Lenormand deck. I think he's also done a tarot deck that kind of goes with it. But yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think so too. Do we have anything else? We're good. I want to say thank you for joining us. It Yay! was a delight. Thank you. Because I know you've been in town, but unable to, like, things have been too tight. Yeah, so, I tend to only but... pop in every couple of years. Well, Holiday you welcome to come back. But... We might still be working on this. <laughs> <laughs> Come back from the end of season three. Yeah. That'll be great. Two years to get there. It's so nice to know that we're not just talking into microphones. <laughs> We have no somebody. I mean, Plaid Queen said that she got a recommendation, mm-hmm. and then I think somebody, uh, uh, somebody said they like something. I don't know. There's a couple people out there. I know there is. You know, we love you all. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. I mean, to think of it this way, there's so much content out there to absorb, and ours just mm-hmm. kind of cruises in occasionally. And yeah. there's like you know. You can just kind of grab it and listen to it when you're ready. Um, it's not like we're trying to like live podcast along with something that's being produced. I can't imagine doing that. I was thinking about the whole American Gods ridiculousness, and I'm like, I'm so glad we're not American oh, Gods in the middle of something that suddenly just Holy crashes crap. in like a news bumper. News update: American Gods just fucked up again. So bye, everyone. I know. We'd have to be like, we have to do this over the phone and Skype because we cannot wait until the next time we're recording. Can you yeah. read okay? I know the lights. It's gone. Oh, yeah. No, We've been I'm recording fine. so long. The sun is now setting. <laughs> um, so before we get to our little ending bit, we should have a name for it. Um, I was going to say, visit Headful of Hannibal at headfullofhannibal.com, Headful of Hannibal on Tumblr and Instagram, and Headful of Hanny on Twitter. Or you can email us at headfullofhannibal.com at gmail.com. So since we have a guest with us, she gets to... I get to pick a fact. You get to pick a fact. Slippy's going to do the honors. I will. For that, I will say, if you want to yell at me about any of these choices that I have made here today, you can best place to find me is Slippy Tweets on Twitter. (laughs) And if you look through the profile there, you'll also see a link to my personal Twitter, which is where I'm yelling about the untamed. So feel free. Come yell about very pretty people making bad choices. Mm. I do that on every account, really. (laughs) Only the people vary. (laughs) All right, so I think that I am choosing a fact for you guys, yes? But are we answering? You you can choose a fact, and then you can say, I have someone read it and do the, so, dear listener. Do you want to do both parts? Or you can pick someone. As long as I don't have to make up an answer, I will cheerfully. No, we leave the answer (laughs) open-ended so that the listener can uh, answer it to themselves. All right. Well, I think that this will be thematic for us. So we will do this one. All right. Hmm. I don't know that I have a question for it, though. So I get to point one, make one of you ask the question? To give I you guess, a fact? Yeah. <laughs> you can hand the whole thing over, yeah. All, All right. right. Well, I am going to pick the middle one on this page okay. and let someone pick a question for it. You read it too when you see if you. (laughs) Thank you, Ranger. Ranger Ranger disagrees with whatever is happening here. (laughs) All right. Well, apparently I'm reading after all. So (laughs) you can read it out and then one of us can make the question. Yeah. All right, everybody. The world record for an underwater kiss is two minutes and 18 seconds. So think about that. Tell me, dear listener, 
If you were submerged, possibly after falling off a cliff, how long do you think that you could kiss someone that you had fallen off said cliff with? 